I guarantee there is a direct correlation between a fantastic culture to business success. And they are, are always together. I would say that the strong culture is the insurance policy of every business. Don't conduct your analysis in isolation because data is so incredibly powerful. Not defending just the tribe, but defending the organization. Those creative people that you really want to keep empowered, keep excited, keep motivated, keep thinking. Good experience pays dividends down the line. Stereotypes tend to break down in proximity. Welcome to We're Only Human, a podcast about human resources, business, technology, and the workplace. My name is Ben Eubanks, your host, and I'm so glad you're here. Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode. I'm really glad you're here with us and I hope you listened closely to that little teaser I played at the beginning there. We think about insurance as a thing to protect us from bad things happening. We have this in our life, in our cars, and health, and all these other areas. But when it comes to the talent we have, is there some way we could insure or protect them? Is there some way to ensure that they don't leave? And as you heard in that little teaser, a great culture one that draws the right people in, one that appeals to people on some fundamental level when it comes to the values they have and the alignment with the organization, that's a real thing. And so I'm looking forward to diving into this conversation with Ronnie from HiBob because we're going to talk about some of the things that they do as an organization. So they're based over in Israel. They have offices around the world. They're supporting customers around the world. And for those of you that are curious about how these companies look for who they're going to serve and look at what sort of problems they're going to solve. We dive into some of those things in the bigger conversation today. And so Ronnie's very open about what matters most to them as an organization and how they make decisions to prioritize those things for their clients. And I have just enjoyed the conversation thoroughly because I love talking about culture. I've worked in organizations with incredible cultures and those with not-so-incredible cultures, like probably all of you have worked for that spectrum as well. And so I think you'll enjoy getting some of those takeaways, hearing him talk about why it's so important to serve people. I hope you enjoy today's discussion with Ronnie. Before we get there, let's take a moment to get a word from our sponsor. Today's episode is supported by Workplace from Meta. You know, everybody's talking about the metaverse these days, right? But Workplace from Meta is different. The clue is in the name. Workplace is a business communication tool. It uses features like instant messaging, video calls to help people share information on a day-to-day basis. Think Facebook, but for your company. It's part of Meta's vision for the future of work, a future in which your job isn't just something you do, but something that you truly experience, a future in which we'll feel more present, all together, connected, and productive. Start your journey into the future of work at workplace.com future. That's workplace.com future. And now, let's jump into the conversation for today's episode. Welcome to We're Only Human. I've been Eubanks, your host. I'm so excited for this conversation today. I have been following the team at HiBob for quite a while now, and they actually won some awards. I'll talk about that in a little bit. They won some awards in our program this year that we were running called the HR Tech Awards. And one of the things that I love about the work they do is it's, it's, it looks great. The system is meant to be used by people not one of those tools you just, you buy it and then it's just on the shelf and no one actually touches it, accesses it and uses it. So I'm really excited to be, to have Ronnie here with us, who's the CEO. We're going to dive into some of the conversation around what they're doing, how they're serving people, how they're making culture a more visible part of how employers are operating. And I'm just looking forward to this. So Ronnie, welcome. Hi, Ben. Thank you very much for the invitation. I'm excited, at least as you. 
<laughs> we'll see. We'll, we'll compare excitement levels later on and just and double check that. Before we get into fun, some of the fun stuff, though, would you take a minute and tell us who you are and what you do, please? Perfect. The name of the company is Hybo. The name of the platform is Bob, and we use both of them. The company was founded six and a half years ago. Uh, we have 620 people in different offices all around the globe, from Australia, all over Europe, Northern America. And the the uh, engineering center is based in Tel Aviv. And the company was founded with a really, I would say, ambitious vision. We, and, and in a moment, I will explain the logic behind it, but we're here to help companies modernize the way people work in your future. And we don't call ourselves S or HCM. We define ourselves as a people management platform. People is important because we believe though the future HR tech a platform will be designed not only for the use of HR or finance, it will be relevant for every manager in the business, employee, C-level, of course, HR and finance and the, and the platform, it's basically a combination of many different models. So both platform includes, uh, most of the, uh, the models that you would expect to get when it comes to manage your teams or your people from the file records of the employee, a time management, time and attendance and PTO performance reviews, a OKRs, one-on-one surveys, compensation management for merit increase. These are models that we've built internally. And then we have a set of models that we integrate to third parties, such as ADS for recruiting, LMS for learning and development, and Bayor. We do not do Bayor. We just need to integrate the Bayor. Um, we also focus on what we call the three M's. <laughs> First M stands for mid-size. To give a number, any business from 100 employees, more or less, to... 5,000, even 10,000 employees. This is the range. The second M stands for modern businesses, and it's very easy to identify modern businesses. Either you check the title of the head of employees. Is it VPHR, human capital, chief people officer, chief experience officer? It's easy. Or the adoption of modern doors within organizations such as Slack or MSTs for collaboration. That's the second M. By the way, modern doesn't have to be a specific vertical. It can be a mindset. We have seen many uh, businesses, uh, blue-collar businesses that uh, made a transition and decided to modernize their, uh, their branding with their employees. And they decided to take us because we represent something which is more than the industry. And then the third one, the third M is multinational. So Bob was designed from day one to serve a customers with a global presence. When you think about the ability to localize the platform from languages, currencies, time management, and also to have, a, I would say, the ultimate experience around flexibility and how you customize the platform with different definitions that either forced by a, the regulation or the way company are expecting themselves to be to define themselves. So I would say that 99% of our customers, they have an office in more than one country. So that's the overall introduction about us. And, and we're glad to be here. Excellent. Wonderful. There's, I took a couple of notes there because I think a couple of those I want to come back to in a minute and dive into elements of that, especially the piece you talked about where 
a modern organization doesn't have to be any specific vertical because one of the things we see in our data is that some companies, we call them talent-centric organizations, right? They're centered on the talent they have, they're focused on the people, and they're focusing on creating a better experience for them, regardless of how big they are, regardless of what industry they're in, regardless of where they're located in the world. They prioritize how they treat their people. They prioritize the tools they give them, and they make that a key focus. And we see in our data that companies who are focused on the people like that make different decisions. They make investment decisions, right? Like Bob and other tools like that. But they also make decisions in how they invest in their people, the tools they offer them, the learning and training they offer them, the flexibility they decide to give them, right? all those kinds of things factor into that. And it's such an exciting thing for me to see from the outside looking in that when someone says, hey, who should we be targeting with a tool like Bob, for example? I'm like, well, it's not just the company size or it's not just this other thing. It's the people who care about their people. That's the one you want to focus on most. So we believe in the modern environment that the people are the number one asset of every business. Whether it's Zums and Bob's shop, or you think about a large enterprise, at the day, it's the people. And they are the, the ultimate resource that the company should pay attention to. Now, if, when we founded the business uh, seven years ago, we thought that the generation transformation will set the tone in the market. And I know I looked at my kids. They are in the early 20s. And I looked at them and I said, there's no way it will be the same way that my, myself or my father used to work for generation. And let me give an example or a few examples. And for me and for my father, and I would say even for my grandfather, the following things were the ultimate experience. You work in main cities, you work nine to five, you work full time, and you work in an office, more or less, where today everything is changing. You can work from anywhere. You can be part-time. You are responsible for your productivity rather than I want to see you at nine and then clock out when you leave at five. And this transformation, basically, we thought that that would be the main trigger for that. Now today, more than before, more than businesses understand that the only way for them to, to grow and to develop their business is a coming with a different approach about the way they manage the people. Because when you think about growth, you cannot grow your business if you don't have talent in general or the right talent that will allow you to grow. Retention was still and will be a big issue for organizations. So you hired somebody, you spend a lot of time and money to get them up to speed and all of a sudden you don't want them to leave you. In, in flexibility was, a, was an important issue. Today is a mandatory issue when it comes to the way you employ people, because it's all about listening to the ongoing dialogue between people and their managers about flexibility, whether from working remote or working in an office, <laughs> full-time or not full-time. There are life events that impact my, myself as an employee, getting married or divorced or uh, helping my older parents or having a new baby. Or whatever. It's the endless scenarios where life is impacting the way you work and the other way around. So the main asset of people. We'll be right back to We're Only Human in just a moment. Workplace is a business communication tool from Meta. Think Facebook, but for your company. It's part of Meta's vision for the future of work. A future in which we all feel more present, connected, and productive every day. Start your journey into the future of work at workplace.com slash future. 
That's workplace.com slash future. And now back to our conversation. So my kids are not as far along the age spectrum as yours, right? Our oldest are just 11 years old, but I have the same conversation with them on a regular basis about work and what their expectations are and what they're, what they think work's all about. And it's interesting to me because when we're talking about work, they have never seen me go to an office since they've been old enough to watch me work. And so they, they don't have that understanding of the, our family members who have to go somewhere to go to work. They just don't, they can't wrap their heads around that. And so I asked them what they want to be when they grow up and, they, and they're talking about these things that are, they don't, they just don't get that sort of concept. And it is a very different shift in mindset. And one of the concepts I'm writing about in the, the next book that I'm writing currently is some of what you're talking about here. People who are saying, you know what? I really don't want to work full-time right now. I want the flexibility to do something else. Or the flexibility means I want to work when I want to work, as long as I'm still accountable for the results, right? The KPIs, I will gladly meet those objectives, but let me decide when I'm going to do it or where I'm going to work to make those things happen. So the flexibility conversation you're talking about there is one that we're seeing in our research as a big priority. And you mentioned the key there that most HR leaders end up missing, where unfortunately, we always, we usually assume as an HR audience, I'll raise my hand because I've done this, right? I've messed this up. We assume we know what flexibility means to our people. And any individual, one of your people, flexibility may mean something very different to them. It may mean I need to need some choices in the benefits that I have. I want to really understand what the comp structure is like and make that work to my advantage. I want to understand all these kind of things. And flexibility means something very different to people. That's why, that's why we have to have tools that are flexible enough to meet those demands, that are flexible enough to help us serve our people in that way. Because if you have just the payroll system or some of the other things you're talking where people are hacking together something just to check the box, say, okay, I've got something for performance because someone was able to go in and fill out some uh, Google form or whatever else, great. Right? You're missing the chance to really give them access to tools that's, that make them feel like my company invests in us, they support us, they're giving me things that are actually designed to help me, not just designed to check a box and push me through a workflow, but they're designed to help me get the most out of my experiences at work. I think it's a very different mindset than what it was in the past, where it's just, we need a place to put stuff, a place to store HR information. One of the times I, years ago, we were looking for a system. Yeah. And since you saw the platform, you can understand that, that the experience starts with the eyes and the UI and the UX. Is it a knowing experience or it's a welcoming experience? Do you have the consumer experience that you find on every mobile app as part of your HR experience as individual or as a manager? So we invested a lot in redesigning the front end of, of, of our platform. And I like this quote from one of, our, a, a, one of the analysts in the industry. He said, Bob has Instagram experience at the front end and work day at the back end. And the journey starts with, is it simple to use? Is it in the flow of work? Is it intuitive? Is it beautiful to the eyes? Does it welcome you to use the platform again and again? Then it goes back to the next level, which is the depth of the platform, the functionality and the flexibility. So the ability to customize it. You, I, will, I don't want my people to be called employees or people, I want to call them bobbers. You have to make sure that you allow companies to define a, how you call your people. And there are, I would say, hundreds of examples. And if you don't think about it from the beginning, it's hard to give this level of flexibility. So I want to take one of those things you just said further, if you don't mind. So I want to talk about that culture piece and how that fits into everything else, because we, you and I talk about this, right? And for those managers out there who would be listening in that didn't go to 
HR school, as you put it. And I'd love for you to help them understand that connection between the culture and the impact we can have there, the actual business success, what happens on the other end of that? Because having a good culture, isn't, it isn't just about high fives and pats on the back and great job. And it's just fun to work here. There are other outcomes that actually happen on the business side where there's a business case for creating and focusing and emphasizing the culture piece, right? Yes. I can't agree more about the, about the importance of culture. I think it's very hard to define. I think it's very hard to measure. But let me share with you what we believe is what culture means for us and how we manage organization and how we build the platform to make sure that we empower or we give the right digital tools for managers, C-level, HR, line managers, if they believe that culture is important. Again, I'll go back to another triple. We call it the triple T this time. First T stands for trust. I think trust is the most important things when it comes to culture. Trust means that uh, you rely on your team, your managers, your people to have an open dialogue with you. And you can really understand, you can rely on their judgment. You can rely on their, the way they make decisions and vice versa. And they, and they also look up to you as a CEO or a VP or line manager. So to me, trust is a key factor in building trust. The second thing is another T, transparency. If you are able to share, and by the way, transparency does not mean that you share all the information. It's not about the details. It's about the context of the details. If you allow your people to understand why we're here, where we are heading to, what are the KPIs that the company is paying attention to and why they are important for your success as individual uh, is key and vice versa. Again, there is no one way, always to, and also transparency from the individuals. You really want to know exactly if what they do is aligned with the company's vision. And how you divide it to the different parts all the way down to a developer or a, or a recruiter. And the second thing is teamwork. It's how you get together as a team. And these elements are really key and very important to, to businesses, especially, especially uh, in this uncertainty, you know, nowadays with uh, everything that we have seen around us with the... Uh, a slowdown in the economy and whatever. And when I look at the values that our company decided to, to adopt, and this is, these are all our Northern stars. The first value is drain me, but win as we. So it's the combination of me as individual, but the teamwork and how you work with other, build the exceptional, do the extra mile, make sure that you really go and you think anything, you have everything you, you have from the business. But good is not enough. Try to be, try to build the exceptional. It's relevant for us as a business. It's relevant for the product you are developing or the sales cycle you are closing. Also, we do what we say. This is very important about uh, trusting and empowering each other. It's, it's very important. Also interacting in transparency and openness. And the last thing is about growth through what we have go through. So always learn from the good things you did, but also for mistakes. And we all do mistakes. That you will not find yourself doing the same mistake again and again. If you pay attention to those elements and you really stand behind them, and it's not copy-paste from websites uh, and you find the right buzzwords and say, these are my values. And you do, when we build our values, we have 122 out of uh, 
550 employees, that was the number we were there, that, were, that participated in defining our values and therefore defining our country. And if you do it and you walk the talk, eh, then you build something special. Now, we allow our customers to use values, to use <coughs> technology uh, that will help them uh, be and improve the interaction. So when you onboard to Bob, yeah, people ask you about your hobbies, about your the platform, about your superpowers, about your horoscope, about what type of pet you have. And then we create a cycle of engagements between people, a group of people that enjoy reading or enjoy running marathons or whatever. And these are all the small examples about how you, you build and you nurture culture in the platform. And when everything allow, when the platform allows you to interact <coughs> in the flow of work and find friends or find somebody that you can look up to, to be your mentor, to advise you on something else. This is how we enable a culture and make that part of our business. I guarantee there is a direct correlation between a fantastic culture to business success. Always together. I would say that the strong culture is the insurance policy of every business. That's incredible. I love that. One of the ways I put it for a long time is you can have, as an organization, you can have tools and processes and all those things. And right, we can try to hire the same kinds of people, but that culture piece that's different can set one company apart from the rest very quickly and very visibly too, because the people who are working at that company, they're going to stick around, they'll perform better, they're more excited, they're bringing better ideas. People who are at a company that doesn't really emphasize and prioritize the people, right? And that's the culture they set is, hey, get the job done, people come second. People are not going to work as hard. They're not going to stick around as long. They're not going to have to have the benefits of those things. And their customers are, are going to feel the impacts of that. So I totally agree with you there. So we're coming up towards the end of our conversation. One of the things I want to ask you about is what you're most excited about. You and I were chatting before we started recording. Thank you for this opportunity, Ben. It's really important for me to, to tell you and to share with your audience that we take our job very seriously. We just close a quarter and we close 360 new customers in one quarter. Under the definition I mentioned before, it correlates nicely with, uh, with our uh, business growth and uh, we're glad to be here. This is our slogan. It's relevant for our people when they join, but it's also relevant for us as a vendor in this industry. We're glad to be here. We are glad to serve our customers and look forward to serve many thousands of them all around the world uh, in the future. This is so much fun to have the conversation with you. I've had the chance to interact with some of the people on the team at Bob and I have a great crew over there. So I appreciate you for hanging out with us and spend some time today. If someone wants to learn more about the work you and the team are doing, they want to dig a little deeper or they want to see some of the things we've been talking about today, what's the best place to direct them or where should they go to follow up? Yeah, perfect. They should listen to your podcast. It's always lighting. This is how, where they get the vision and then go to www.highbob.com. You can find everything that we're discussing here. And uh, I really want to thank you, Ben, for inviting me to this podcast. Uh, so all of you out there, I'll make sure you get that in the show notes, but it's highbob.com. That's how you can check out the team, learn more about what they're doing. You can see some pictures of the platform there in operation, and you'll understand it quickly why Ronnie and I were talking about it. Thank you again, Ronnie, for spending some time with me. I appreciate the kind words, and I appreciate your passion for the space. To the rest of you out there, 
appreciate you for hanging out with us today. I hope you got some good notes on what it takes to really build an employee-focused organization, thinking about the culture piece, thinking about some of these other conversations we've had. If you didn't get some good notes, then you need to go back and replay this all over again, because I know that I did. Thank you all for your time, and we'll catch you again next time on We're Only Human. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I'm honored to have you as a listener. If you enjoyed this episode, please take 10 seconds to rate it at iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, if you know a friend that could benefit from today's conversation, please pass it their way. After all, a rising tide lifts all ships. To see show notes, sponsor information, and our full show archives, visit OnlyHumanShow.com. <laughs>